Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credentialed media folks are bringing you locked on Clippers every second day after Christmas? Technically, I mean, kind of, yes. But five days a week, usually, except this week, we took some time off for Christmas. Uh, make us your first listen. Seven in the morning, they come out. And let's learn just what happened against the Nets and maybe what's in store kind of overall for the Clippers while Paul George is out. Yeah, so absolutely. We're going to kick things off with a recap of that 124 to 108 loss to the Nets. We will talk about what we liked in that one as well as a few things that we didn't. Uh, look, the Clippers Ooh. are really shorthanded right now. Uh, it's it's going to be a struggle for, for these next couple of games. But in the second segment, we're, ta- we're talking Twitter Tuesday. Every single Monday, we ask for your questions on Twitter. That's at LockedOnClips. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much to everyone who sent those in ahead of time. We're going to talk some more about Ty tinkering, possible blockbuster trade yep. scenarios, uh, explaining Zubats' worth, as well as all sorts of other great stuff that I oh, can't wait to get into. Bunch of good stuff. And then in shavings, uh, Moses Wright who you may remember us talking about as recently being signed to a hardship uh, deal with the Clippers, has entered health and safety protocols. So we're going to talk about that. And then we also got to talk the Clippers' monster January kind of schedule Ugh. coming up uh, and sort of what the implications uh, could be record-wise with no Paul George. So all that and more coming up right about now. You are locked on Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, so the Clippers lost to the Nets 124-108. We got to let you know this episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is a new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals uh, for the ones that you want to keep. Just right off the bat, I didn't get a welcome back. A little offended about it. We're moving past it. I mean, you were gone so long, I forgot. Like I, I <laughs> forgot like, that you co-hosted this show. Uh, so for this game, there was no Kyrie, no KD, no Joe Harris, no LaMarcus Aldridge, plus four other Nets. There was no Nick Batum because of an ankle sprain, which is very worrisome. There was no Isaiah Hartenstein. There was no Reggie. There was no PG. More on Reggie's status kind of later. Mook was listed as questionable in this one. He played and had a quote-unquote minutes restriction, which we'll get into. But the Clippers started Eric Bledsoe, Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, Marcus Morris, and Avica Zubats. Will, not a whole lot to pick out, really, but what did we like from this loss to the Nets? Well, I'm glad you let in with Marcus Morris and the minutes restriction because... I thought like he, he, you know, offensively, he was really a catalyst for, you know, keeping this thing going, oh, yes, keeping us in this one early, uh, you know, really when he took his first sit on the bench after mm-hmm. I, I believe he played like seven, eight minutes in that first quarter is really when the trouble started for the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, but he was absurdly efficient tonight. He had 24 points on 13 shots Love it. Finished with 24, five and six. Um, and look, you brought up the minutes restrictions, so I, I do want to talk about that. He played 27 minutes in this one. Do we think the minutes restriction is 30, or is it a tight 27? I, <laughs> I think it's fake. <laughs> I think it's, are you feeling good? I think it's that. Like, I just go back to the Ty Lue quote preseason about like everyone has a plan to get punched in the mouth, which is when they were asking about Paul George's minutes. Paul George played every game to open this season. Yeah. Um, I don't think it is a real minutes restriction. 
I think it's a real minutes restriction if there's noticeable affect on his mobility would be my best guess for this. But when he's playing, you know, when he's shooting so well, um, you know, against a team like the Nets, when you really need it, when they have Harden on the other side of the ball, you can't restrict him, especially early in this game. Um, we'll talk about his defense later, uh, which is a different story. But the offense, it was much needed. The Clippers shot like 55% in the first quarter, which was just a necessity because the Nets shot 56%. But, I mean, he did what he had to do, which was put up points. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Another one... Man, okay, so we did see a lot of minutes from, you know, sort of deeper rotation guys in this one. <laughs> we had you, to, yeah. As you will. I, I was really impressed with Keon Johnson. Uh, mm-hmm. I was glad that he kind of got to have a standout performance. He finished with 15-2-2, two two, added two steals. Um, look, I, like, you can debate his actual impact on the game, but he was plus six in a game that could have been a blowout. Absolutely. And he was also a force in, you know, getting this game as close as it got, which was they <laughs> cut it to 10 yes. with like four minutes left in the fourth, something like that. 12 points in the fourth quarter, I'm always going to be a fan of. Oh, which yeah. Is what, which is what he had in this one. Um, he's not a shooter. Like that, that's not what he was coming into this year at all. Um, no, we knew that. Like we knew his offense yes. was going to be his, his biggest like liability uh, and, and the biggest area where he needed to improve. I do think that like what has impressed me is the way that his defense has. From what I've seen from this limited sample size, sure. I do believe that it is carrying over at the next level, even though he doesn't necessarily have a lot of size. He's lengthy, mm-hmm. uh, but he's not very big. Uh, it, you know, his and the speed, effort is there. It, the effort is there. His speed is there. The motor is there. And just like the way he can kind of, the way he can read the floor, I think is going to be really beneficial to him on the defensive end of the floor. And it just gives me a reassurance that he has the IQ to be there offensively as a player. He has the ball it's, in it, his hand for ACC a lot recently, yeah, which has yeah. been great. It's just going to be developing that against NBA talent. Yes. Which, it exactly. takes everyone a while. Even Terrence, sure. who's played a lot more minutes, you know, Oof. against actual NBA talent. Yeah. You know, it's, it's taken him a while and he still has his kind of struggles, which we'll talk about later. But yeah. what else did you like from this one? I mean, the young canoes as a whole, right? They made yeah. it a game late. It was it was kind of fun to see. Like Justice Winslow was out there with Brandon Boston Jr., Keon Johnson, Amir Coffey, and Xavier Moon. Also, shout out Xavier Moon for uh, first NBA points. First NBA points. Which is awesome. You just like to see that fight. Guys have talked about this. Um you know, when there's, you know, if you need to get a spark, if the team is flat, put in guys who are playing for their next contract. Absolutely. And you'll see it. Absolutely. So, like, the fight was there for those guys. And, I mean, Amir Coffey was good, if we're, if we're talking the whole canoes. Like, it wasn't bad. I mean, he got his hustle on for sure, uh, which I did like. His offense was terrible overall. He was 2 of 10 from sure. the field. right. Uh, <laughs> if he could add just a little bit of, like, an offensive bag <laughs> to his game... He would have regular minutes even when this team yeah. is, is more healthy than it is currently. Agreed. He did still finish, though, with 8-4-1. and one. He added a steal and two blocks, actually led the Clippers in blocks. Uh, but, he, you know, he does all that other stuff. Like, he, he does all the hustle stuff. He brings kind of that mentality that we got from this team back in, like, the 18-19 squad sure. that was like, you know, I didn't have the star power, but they were willing to do all the little things. And I think yeah. he does those, and if he can just just you know, at least get some sort of consistency offensively. That's a that's the perfect um, word for it, because it's it, peaks and valleys. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't even have to be, like, necessarily, you know, highlight of, of his 
game, just some sort of consistency there, so you know what you're getting yeah. on a night to night basis for sure. He could carve a regular man. So let's get into what we didn't like. This was a tough loss. Ugh. I don't want to like. I I don't want to. There's not a whole lot to bag on, on that much. But I mean, there was no defensive resistance in the paint. This is the biggest thing. Like, the, like I mean, so Brown, Claxton, and Bembry. We're not even going to talk about Harden yet. Feasted on us. These yeah. three Nets missed a combined five field goal attempts. You're not going to beat the Nets anytime that happens, especially when James Harden uh, finishes with a very chill 39, 8, and 15. He can have 39, 8, and 15, but you can't let the supporting cast, can't the supporting also, cast yeah. go off on you. There was just no, like, I mean, we got outscored 74, 38 in the paint. Like, it's just like, this is what you're going to look to during the stretch without Paul George and these next maybe three games per Ty Lue without Reggie Giving Jackson. up 74 points in the paint is inexcusable. It's bad. Like, it, it's in, like that's, that's inexcusable. And part of it, you know, like it was uh, bloated by Harden playing. How many minutes did he play in this game? It's not played like he played 40 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Uh, he was always on the floor. Uh, he played 40 minutes in this game. Yeah, which is absurd. <laughs> Just absolutely Makes absurd. Makes no damn sense. Uh, he was playing against Keon Johnson. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And Xavier Moon. <laughs> um, another thing I didn't like was it it's, appears to me that the Clippers' transition play has kind of regressed back to like sort of the terrible mean it was at. Mm -hmm. I've brought this up a couple of times, but I really hope that we were kind of turning a corner after that Kings game. Right. Um, you know, availability and the, the flux of the lineup will definitely change those things. So that makes sense. But we did lose the fast break 23 to 10. It's understandable me, to me that we lost, but I mean, losing my 13 plus points on the fast break is it's not really going to be a recipe for wins. Not, and the offense as a whole is just struck. It's bad, man. We <laughs> shot 38% from the floor as a team. I mean, bright side, I guess we shot 37% from three. I mean, good. Like, there's cut to six. We only got a couple minutes left, but so Luke Kennard isn't technically hurt he's not on the injury report um since the king's game there's clearly something affecting his game when all you're supposed to when your biggest skill set is a shooter as luke Kennard is he's one of the best shooters in the league he missed his first three free throw attempts in this game which is insane he went one of four from three and i know it's only four attempts that's a product of the offense as well that's not totally luke Kennard's fault since the thunder game where he went seven of 13 from deep He's gone one of five. He got a DNP versus the Kings, two of eight, and then one of four. Two of eight is the only one that scares me in this stat line. Like five three-point attempts. With the roster that we have, that is still not enough attempts for Luke Kennard. That's why it makes it so much worse, I think. Okay. And like this isn't a knock on Kennard. This is a knock on just, this goes back to the offense. It's like, if we can't even get Luke Kennard the opportunities to get going yeah. and kind of back end like, that one of four start with like a, you know, like four for five, you know, second break or something with those shot attempts. He's just not going to be able to contribute as effectively as he can. And like, he's just not 100%. This is no one's fault. We're dealing with injuries and he's trying to battle through it. Like, I think it's a lot, man. I think another factor was just like, yes, he, I mean, he's definitely coming back from injury. This is the second game since that DNP. <laughs> And he played 11 minutes and 47 seconds in the first. He played nearly the entire yeah. first quarter. And this is a guy who I think all season we've seen sort of struggle with a heavier minutes load. Sure. Um, just because, you know, it's he didn't he didn't have a regular. Yeah, these are knocks on Luke Kennard. Yeah, it's just and, like, and, you know, he, uh, he was injured uh, previous to that. So 
Like, I, these aren't knocks on Luke Kennard at all. But the thing is, is I think for a guy coming back from a hip injury, maybe that's not a manageable minutes load for your first shift to play yeah. an entire first quarter. 100%. Um, so, yeah. It's I, tough. And, and I think it's hard to recover from stuff like that. For sure. Um, the scheme on Harden was puzzling at times. Look, we already told you what he did. He's James Harden. He's been playing fantastic. But we were helping off of Patty Mills to double-team James Harden, which is just like frustrating. Patty Mills went 6 of 13 from 3. You can't help off a guy like Patty Mills Patty has cooked Mills. this team any number of times. Like, just stick with them on the yeah. perimeter. And then finally, Terrence Mann, please step up. Um, hit both of his threes. He missed every two-point shot he took. It was a perfect Some of these were to, bad. Perfect these were time bad to step attempts. up. Let's hope he can do it. Hey, we're putting this one behind us. It's on to the Celtics yeah. on Wednesday. Let's get the dub there. Coming up, we're answering your fantastic questions during Twitter Tuesdays. But first, got to give one more shout-out to Truebill. Uh, Will, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? No, why? Well, it's a business scam out to get you. Oh, no! It's bad. It's called the Updike Plan. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill and take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subs you don't need, want, or simply forgot about, as some people do with some subs. On average, save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill. Because companies make subs hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Don't fall for sub scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Okay, so we're back and it's Twitter Tuesday. Uh, I want to thank everyone again who sent those questions in ahead of time. I would like to thank them as well. Okay. Wow, that's not what you said earlier. <laughs> uh, Hot Mike picks up podcast hosts. <laughs> if, uh, if, if you ever want a chance to get your question featured on the show, don't be afraid. Shoot it over on a Monday, preferably, to get it on the show to add Locked on Clips. Yep. But if you have any other Clippers questions sort of rattling around at any time during the week, send them over. Let us know. So kicking things off, uh, Chenny John wants to know, what is the top and most interesting tinkering you would like to see Ty Lue do while Paul George is recovering? And he has a couple of examples here. Jackson on health and safety. Anyway. Hartenstein at the point. Man at center. <laughs> uh, Mook and Bledsoe as the all-quick slashing backcourt. I think Moon and Bledsoe. Is oh, shout my out God. Xavier. Shout out Chenny John, who knows who's on the Clippers roster. Um, Un-shout out to me. I <laughs> Shout out rescinded. I, I'm going to be honest, Chenny John. All of it. I don't know what to expect with this many guys out this is an unprecedented level of just covid bullshittery and ankle injuries for the clippers when you look at batum and hartenstein like it's and pg out like we're gonna see a bunch of crazy stuff like i i'm here for all of it i would what i'm not looking forward to is no tinkering but that's impossible so i think we just gotta all strap in and just be here for the ride yeah, it, I mean, it's interesting because I've talked about this at various points throughout the season, but Ty Lue's hand has been so forced that sometimes... Since the second game of the year when Marcus Morris was just not totally ready to go. Yeah, but, I mean, essentially, <laughs> some some of Ty Lue's tinkering is just getting a starting lineup together. Exactly. Uh, like, what is like is tinkering a luxury? Like, this is now in just coaching i feel like almost, i mean it, right? it, it, like, it is a bit of a luxury and Ty Lue actually had a quote about uh the lineup situation kind of post game this is from miriam swanson uh <laughs> when asked about it he said give me a three to four game sample size i'll be able to figure something out 
Right now, love it. <laughs> yeah, I love this quote. Right now, not having a backup point guard, I didn't want to re- run Bled into the ground too much. Sure. Uh, and he did mention that they miss Hart's playmaking. Yeah, uh, who's which, our literal backup point guard? I, you know, I love this quote, and this is one of those things. This this ties back to one of those things that I love about Ty Lue is that. And Bled was good against uh, against the net. The man is not afraid to try something new, and the man is not afraid to take a data point or A-B test something. He knows the score is yeah. my favorite yeah, part yeah, yeah, about yeah. Ty Lue. Um, so, yeah, the most interesting thing that we could see, I mean, man, without like a fully healthy... <laughs> Heart surge and zoo is the most interesting thing we could actually legitimately maybe see on the floor at the same time. I don't want to see that. Look, I don't want to see Xavier Moon. No disrespect to Xavier Moon, but this is where we're at, man. (laughs) We did at one point see uh, Amir Keon Brandon in tonight's game, which is something that's like a little little bit interesting to me. Yeah. That plus zoo. There's a bunch of wild (laughs) shit that's about to happen. That's what I think. No, I love this question so much. I'm sorry we don't have like a more specific answer, but just like, I just let me go over my Xavier Moon tape. The the level of instability is it's not getting to me, but like I I truly don't know what to expect on a night in night out basis. Sure. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, Richard DeLeon, who we met uh, one time at Staples. Shout out Richard. Hope you and the fam are doing well. Yeah, appreciate you so much. Thank you for the question. Let's get a Modelo soon or something. I don't know. Um, he said, "What do the Clippers need to do or move to get a blockbuster trade?" And this brings up a discussion. Uh, that like I kind of tweeted about a bit on the Locked On Clips account. Everything that's happened this year with injuries and health and safety protocols. I think league wide, this is not just a Clippers thing. We're gonna see like the fewest trades in the history of the trade deadline since whatever whatever year. Like, I'm with you. Yeah, not a lot of guys, not a lot of teams know what their known quantities are. There's a couple of them, and they're already at number one, right? Like Golden State. Um, Phoenix, the Bucks, all the top teams don't need to make a move. Yeah, which is interesting. And like, I mean, you know, the Nuggets aren't making a move. Everyone's just hurt for the Nuggets. Yeah. Jazz aren't going to make a move. The Hawks are probably not going to make a move. Like, I don't. If the Clippers make any kind of blockbuster trade, as as Richard suggests here, it's for the it's for next year. It's not for this year because this year, which we will get into, uh, a question from Alfredo Rodriguez. Look, man, we're right now with the diagnosis with Paul George, we're looking to ruin people's seasons, not exactly maximize ours, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that that definitely makes sense. Um, I, yeah, so most years at the trade deadline, hmm. it's a it's a seller's market, right? Sure, like, especially for the Clippers. You have teams clamoring. Well, buyers, excuse me, I was wrong. Yeah, I mean, Clippers are usually buyers, right. not, no, not sellers, except right, right. for the, the 76ers trade with Tobias. But it's generally a seller's market, right? Like, if you have assets that a team needs, you know that you can get a team to pay through the nose. Yeah, and play them 10 extra minutes a game, whatever. This may be the first year where that's really not the case because the teams that are, like, the teams that are at the top are, yeah. don't really need a tweak or a trade. No, because they're like, we're healthy, we're fine. Everyone else is struggling with this health and safety. And the teams that like most need a trade are like those teams, honestly, like teams that are trying to avoid the plan. And like, yeah. I don't know how much you really have to, to buy in that, in that scenario, you know? Yeah. Um, so you may even see a team that's 
I mean, honestly, like if you're looking to rebuild your team, this is probably not the trade deadline to do it. You probably should wait till the off season. A hundred percent. Yeah, like that's the thing, especially with the Clippers. Um, we got a bunch more questions. We're going to answer one more um, and then go into the break and then answer them after that. Rudy Zavala, shout out Rudy. Hope you're doing well, my guy. Um, hope you're doing good. Is it possible to explain why Zubats is viable to the Clippers even though he won't score 30 <laughs> points and grab 15 rebounds? And maybe Clippers fans will stop the trade Zeus Lander. Watch tonight's game and tell me who provided defense in the paint. This is the thing is Zoo reveals himself when there is like not a whole lot of other good stuff going. You go, oh, Zeus playing pretty good. That's how he always plays. Yeah. He always plays. We, like, we didn't talk about him in the game recap tonight. And like, I think a little bit we take for granted how good he is defensively. He had nine and nine and 21 minutes. Like, yeah, I don't. I also don't think like there's this whole thing of like, like we should trade zoo. And it's like, if you hate zoo, what do you think he's worth? He doesn't have a big contract. I don't know. Yeah. I Anyone trading, if anyone traded for Zubots and didn't give us a borderline starting caliber center, which even if you hate Zubots, you have to agree that he's borderline starting. What do you mean borderline? So I think he's he's a starter in the NBA. If you don't like Zubots, you still have to admit he's a borderline starter is what I'm saying. So if you if you didn't like Zubots and you wanted to trade him, you want a player who's better than Zubots back, which would be a full-blown cemented starting five who somehow makes less than $10 million a year. Isn't it like eight? Like the yeah, like the logic just doesn't even make sense. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't really understand the trades you guys think. Look, I've been down on his performance at times, and we've seen him start slow before in seasons, which is always kind of discouraging. Uh, but the thing that Zubats provides is a defensively, he's the anchor. He is the only shot at rebounding for a terrible him rebounding. Him and Kawhi team. are a great pairing defensively. His rebounding would be even better if he had some more help in the front court. Like tonight, he was trying to seal. What you've off, seen when they're healthy. Tonight, he was trying to seal off three guys from the basket. You're not going to get a lot of rebounds that yeah. way. I mean, it's just like, and, and it's not a limitation of him. That's just a limitation in general. Uh, and the other thing is. I think that he is one of the most underrated screen setters in the league, and I'm not a screen assist guy. I think that that's <laughs> bullshit, but I do love seeing a good hard screen on the court. Absolutely. Um, and you know what? He's available. Yes. That's a, also a great point. He's missed less games than statistically most of us have fingers on one hand for the Clippers since he's been here. Yeah. I don't know what. Is, there's very few things more valuable than that for this Clippers team. Coming up, we're going to be answering a couple more Twitter Tuesday questions, looking at the schedule and update on Moses, right? But first, Will, if I wanted to bet online, wh wh what? <laughs> uh, if you want to bet online, you got to check out betonline.ag. Okay. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Look, basketball season is in full hoop, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Full hoop. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Look, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. With so many Clippers players out, you might as well get in there. Literally. Uh, as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs, or just the middle of the season. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. That's on top of your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON. 
Okay, welcome to the continued Twitter Tuesday. Just had so many good questions. Um, Roy from California Great asks... Name. What's up? Great name. Yeah, sure. Uh, Balmer has changed a lot except the training staff. Do you think it's time? Absolutely. So, disclaimer first. I don't know if it's a disclaimer. This is a weird issue. Uh, Jason Powell gets a lot of heat. He's also, to be fair, not the guy telling doctors what to do. He is the one through line, though, of like the Look, Clippers injury stuff wrong. dating back I'm not to saying how you're many. Wrong. Like, I, I agree. But what's difficult is when you look at guys who were hurt all the time with the Clips and then moved on. CP3, Blake, to a different extent, because he has been hurt. It's hard not to be upset. Yeah. Like having the one through line is difficult. I'm not pretending that that's the thing. Um, but I agree with Roy. I think the budget for the training staff should be whatever it takes to pull the best talked about person from their role in any sport. Yeah. I don't care the sport. Yeah. G give, have us, I would love to see a stat in two years that says, whoa, the Clippers are, the Clippers franchise is playing their training staff, paying their training staff X amount of dollars more than the second place team in the league. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. when it comes to medical stuff, not to sound like a like weird thing, money talks a lot more than like, oh, you're going to be a bench coach. You've been with this team for so many years. Like, da 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 da, da. Like, guys who were <laughs> like team doctors can also make a bunch of money just being doctor doctors. And like, when you're a team that's owned by a guy with anywhere from 100 to 70 billion dollars, like, let's spend more on the training staff than any other team in the history of the NBA. Why, like, why the hell not? I mean, like, that in development, like, I think letting Kenny, Kenny Atkinson go, this is a completely different issue, but, like, yeah. letting a development coach go like that uh, in a season, especially as this year, where we knew we were going to be down Kawhi, this was going to be a year about developing other players, to, to let somebody walk, I mean, and I'm assuming that money was a factor in that situation, it, it's it's a head scratching move to me. It's just weird. And now more than ever, we have Kawhi Leonard, who does have his own medical staff. I'm not pretending like the team is like giving him the medical stuff. Yeah, and I bet he's paying him more because he didn't trust this one. Absolutely, we have him. We have Paul George, who's hurt now. Yeah, um, with an elbow thing that just might be lingering. Like Nick Batum is. We're going to be managing that injury for the rest of the year. We need the best ankle doctors in the world. Yeah, like we we need that, and I, I just don't. What was it? At one point, the Suns had like one of the greatest medical staffs. Yeah, they po and then like the league just and they poached, poached all the people away, which yeah. is what happens. I would just love for the Clippers to to have an article of like, whoa, the Clippers have really turned around their medical staff yeah. by just paying everyone a bunch more money. Which I know there's a lot of limitations with roster stuff when it comes to paying people a lot of money. With this organization and this owner, there's no obstacle to paying the best people available, the most money available. Yes. There just isn't. Um, Tyler Leem, hope I pronounced that right, uh, asked, if PG's injury ends up being more serious after reevaluation, do you think the Clippers should just save Kawhi for next season and have both stars fully rehab and recover? I mean, come on now. Yes? Uh, look, I, I've said it like since the preseason. I don't think we see Kawhi Leonard this season. Um, you know, Just looking at that injury, six to nine months recovery, standard time, we know Kawhi moves at Kawhi time, and he's going to be extra cautious. Like, that's not a knock on Kawhi. Like, it makes sense, man. Your body is a huge asset, and I think that, you know, taking your time with that definitely makes sense. 
My thing is, is of course, there's no reason to rush Kawhi back early. I don't want to get doom and gloom here, but if we don't have Kawhi and Paul George healthy next season, whoa, whoa, I'm not even talking about this. I think this championship window is closed. I have, look, I, my fingers are in my ears, and I'm saying <laughs> la, 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 la right now. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I kind of agree with you. We'll get to that when we get to it. Oh, I just gave me a chill. Uh, <laughs> um, Alfredo Rodriguez, whammy giveaway, asks, with the grueling schedule up ahead, which we're going to talk about in just a few, the fact that the Clippers have a losing record to lottery teams, um, they're two and six against lottery teams. Okay. Which is, to be fair, disheartening. Um, they're nine and 11 with when both uh, Kawhi and George are out. And OKC owning the draft pick. Is this a lost season? Can we still pull off an upset visit? What's an upset visit? To the playoffs. Oh, I think this team can still make its way to the playoffs. Like, they'll, they'll for sure. Look, I, I mean, Optimally, I thought this was a team that could be in five six territory. We're in the sixth seed right now. Yeah, and like avoid the play in. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like at the end of January. Which, we are we're the sixth seed, and we are one game up on the ninth seed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Luckily, the West has been absolutely brutal this the, year. The team so outside the of like the top three yeah. four teams. I mean, any honestly, anything could happen. Absolutely. So, like, look, the Nuggets, 500. Clippers, 500. Mavs, one game under 500. Timberwolves, one game under 500. Lakers, two games under 500. The battle for 6, 7, 8, 9 is going to be brutal. A 9, 10. Yes. Also bad. Like, <laughs> it's just this, the second half, like, the second half of the standings for the Western Conference is going to be a rock fight. Yeah. Every single time. Um, but I mean, so like a lot of people ask us too, like how come the Clippers aren't playing more young guys? We kind of are. Like you we have to see what you have for next year. Yeah. While still also putting some kind of competitive team on the court. Because like a team of G-leaguers and Brandon Boston and all that stuff, like I do think there's something, I mean, we there's a large investment in this team and there there should be watchable basketball, I think, from the ownership eyes. Which oh, agree. Agree. Um, but, but also from the fans, right? Because I feel like we're getting it both ways. Like when the Clippers are losing games, playing young guys a lot, people are like, oh, why are we playing these guys who stink so much? And it's like, well, you can't have it both ways. Yes. Like you develop guys and let them play through some mistakes or you win games. And <laughs> right, like, no, like, exactly. Truly. Yeah. And, and to be quite honest, our hand has been a little bit forced in the winning games category because <laughs> we don't have a lot of players. Yes. So we don't really have the luxury of choosing one or the other. So right now it's about developing talent. And if this team makes it to a playoff uh, while missing Paul George for a significant, significant amount of time without any Kawhi Leonard, even if they lose in the first round, you get a look at what the like the glue pieces around this team are made of. And I think that that's worth something. Yes, 100%. Um, and it, like, it, it just still is house money. Like It's not a lost season. Like I mean, and it's funny because like lost season has such a, like, a heavy connotation to me. Because I'm like, sure, I guess it's a lost season if you were expecting a high draft pick or a championship berth. Yes, which or like finals go, which goes back to kind of the expectation before the season started, which we will talk about at some point later down the road. Um, but just like after what we've seen, what COVID has turned into and with injuries, it, 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 it's just difficult. Um, 
Thank you to everyone who sent in your questions. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, quick update on Moses Wright. <laughs> he's entered health and safety protocols. We hope he's doing okay. We hope there's no crazy symptoms. Moses Wright was signed as a hardship signing to help the Clippers battle with COVID. So this is just a nice snapshot of what the NBA is like right now. He was also warming up pregame. So, you know, Lord knows what this is going to do to the Clippers in the long run. Yeah. He was on the court. Yeah. Warming up with. Oh, you mean in terms of like further outbreaks and literally. Yeah. Yes. So we'll, we'll cross that COVID bridge when we get to it. So I want to talk about this just, just real quick because we're we're wrapping up. up. Look, the Clippers have 17 games in the month of January. Piss off with no (laughs) Paul George. What is your optimistic record over those 17 games? I will say this. We also got a Ty Lue bomb. Reggie might miss the next three games due to testing. So here's the January schedule. And I'm counting New Year's Eve on this because I think it plays into a factor. New Year's Eve, which everyone knows, December 31st. Uh, In Toronto. Back to back. Next day, we're in Brooklyn. Fly back to Minnesota for a game on the... Or fly back to LA for a game against Minnesota on the 3rd. At the Suns on the 6th. We have a back-to-back on the 8th and the 9th. Nuggets at home on the 11th. We basically play a game every other day with a back-to-back thrown in starting on January 6th. We go Nuggets at home on the 11th, at the Pels on the 13th, at the Spurs on the 15th, Pacers at home the 17th, at Nuggets on the 19th, at the Sixers on the 21st, at the Knicks on the 23rd, at the Wizards on the 25th, back-to-back at Magic on the 26th, the Heat on the 28th, and then a back-to-back to close the month out on the 30th and 31st. Fuck the NBA scheduling department just in the neck. Well, because these are road games, too. Like, it's not even... Oh, this is like a staples issue. <laughs> no, this is trash. I mean... 17 games remaining in the month of January. Optimistic record fucking eight and nine. Oh, i was gonna say if we went seven and ten i'd be like all right we can still write this it's tough man like if we, if this we is... I, I think if we went seven and ten uh, considering paul george can seven go, and ten sign me up if we sign me if up. we went seven and ten with no paul george i think that that would a be an achievement and that's still like i depending on how other teams do in the west like because it does depend on how other records shake out but i still think that's so the enough these are legit I, I still think that's enough to get us on track to still avoid the plan now if we go five and 12 that gets a little bit tricky well it's hard because like i'm trying not to dive in game by game right now you assume you split the two back to back oh excuse me there's technically three you assume you split the three back to back so there's three wins yeah, it's just it's just you a optimistically schedule. assume you split the three back yeah, tracks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we just went zero and two on this recent sure. one. Sure, so. no, one hundred percent. Um, if if we go eight and nine, I'm shouting from the rooftop. Eight and nine is like that's absurdly optimistic. Hot take. We go seventeen and zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I'll tell you what. What I'm gonna be excited about is the fight. We're yeah. not rolling over in any of these games. It's true. Clips I mean, look, wrong. like even this one, we are getting smoked and the team still young the t- me. The team 
still will keep it interesting enough to for me to not turn off the television. There's going to be a lot of games where you go, oh, really now nine? This is kind of fun, though. Yeah. That is, that's the vibe yes. for this next month or so. Um, that about wraps it up, I think. Yeah. These absolutely. people got to get to work. Also, every win that's a win with no Kawhi and no Paul George and no Nick Batum, who led the team in minutes last year. Now no Reggie Jackson, who's led the team in minutes this Bro, year. Any win's a win. Uh, any win is just like... That's a big win. Any win, I'm splitting the swisher. I'll tell you that much <laughs> right now. Uh, Wednesday's episode, going to have a What You Say Wednesday poll over on Locked On Clips. A preview of Clips for Celtics. That's a winnable game. Yeah. That's a winnable game. Yes. And then, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland will. If these people were to say, wait a minute, don't I know your voice? What is that from? Where would you tell them it's from? Uh, I would say it's from Lockdown Clippers, who come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. You can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitch. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Lockdown Clippers. It works. It's fantastic. No hands. Look, uh, you know, the Clippers have a lot of people out. But, hey, stay rocking with us. We're going to keep covering this team. I think there's going to be some. there's going to be some really exciting games. And as I said, every win is a big win. So stay tuned for those big wins. Stay tuned. I have been Positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.